Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood. Uh, writer, father, coronavirus survivor, man about town, uh, gallivanting rogue... And all around nice guy. It is episode 405 of the podcast. And uh, I've, we've, we've got a fully packed one. I've got a, a, a big chap that has to do with uh, racism. I've got probably too much about this movie. <laughs> uh, and how the movie was uh, created based on a lie. I'm really proud of that story. It's true. And there is no such thing as Dungeons and Dragons. We all know that. That is true. And I found a review of the movie from the year 2000 that uh, just sends me into a violent rage. So that's going to be exciting. Plus, we're streaming this right now on YouTube, which is exciting. Very excited about that. Different. I am wearing a shirt with a gummy bear on it. And let's just get started with the show. Buddy! Yes. This is Act One of the podcast. Uh, Act one is the part of the show where we try to talk about current events, the news of the day, politics, religion, what's happening in America and the world, what's on everyone's mind. Admittedly, Act one was a bit easier to do from 2016 to 2020, back when every hour of every day, uh, the president and his corrupt Bob the Goon style political flunkies would uh, be the top story of the news with their nonstop corruption. Now that things are slowly returning to normalcy with a Democrat in the White House, I, I'm weary about calling Joe Biden a Democrat, but uh, <laughs> Act One of the podcast is now free to be a bit more odd and quirky. And with that in mind, we begin Act One of this uh, of this episode of the podcast, episode four hundred and five, with the top story uh, of the last uh, of last week and this week. What everyone's talking about, Bonnie. Yes, I have a question for you. Really simple question. Okay. Does Batman eat pussy? Apparently, yes. Apparently. Well, I, 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 I saw him chatting with somebody, and he was pretty insistent that he does. I don't think that he does, and let me tell you why. We will be talking about this uh mm, mm. Next week in the podcast, we will be talking about that next week. I already started writing next week's podcast. Next week is going to be great. But uh, when poor people 
when people who who poor middle class when those people are given money they put it back into the economy because hey i have trouble with money and now i've gotten this stimulus check from the government great i'm going to pay this bill pay this bill pay this bill buy this food finally fix this thing for the house i'm going to go to this store and so poor and middle class people when given money they put it back in the economy and they are what keeps the american economy healthy when a rich or ultra rich person is giving money they hoard it like a dragon in the hobbit yes they get that money and just say it is mine i'm not giving it to poor people i'm not giving it to other people that would be socialism this money is mine and you can't touch it and so uh Bruce Wayne is a millionaire or a billionaire he's like the Elon Musk of Gotham City right and what does he spend his money on gadgets so he can punch criminals in the face yes he is hoarding this money for himself so that he can inflict pain on people if he was a giving person if bruce wayne was a giving person then i dare say that his massive wealth could be <laughs> with bruce wayne's money with the money that he spends just on batmobiles and bat jets bat planes he could feed all the poor people in gotham feed the hungry uh house the homeless give it to organizations and groups to make sure that there's there's you know a social programs with his money he could help everyone in Gotham be better and still be a billionaire yes so in my mind that tells me that Batman and Bruce Wayne are not giving people so no batman doesn't go down on people okay that makes sense i think i've made a pretty good uh um uh, argument for my I thesis think you've made a pretty good case for it yeah Thank you. Okay, so here's some context. Well, you are calling batman a liar cuz he, he himself says he does back we're back okay <sighs> all right so we were talking about batman going down so here's some context okay sorry for the technical difficulties my uh, daughter my child eleanor unplugged the internet so here's some context hbo streaming service hbo max is going all in on dc comics what with the live action Teen Titans show, it, just called Titans, which I've heard is not bad. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's okay. Then there's also the live action DC series Doom Patrol, which seen season one, and it's really good. It's really quirky. It's like a uh, more adult DC version of Suicide's uh, of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. What on earth? Brendan Fraser's in it. It's really good. Brendan Fraser's in something? Yeah, he's in uh, Doom Patrol. It's really good. It is really good. And then there's the there's uh, 
the adult animated series Harley Quinn, which is written and directed by New York Times bestselling author Justin Halpern and stars uh, Big Bang Theory star Kaylee Cuoco as Harley Quinn. It is a great cartoon. I have the first two seasons. Absolutely love it. It's gory and it's dirty and it's funny and it's very adult. And uh, season two ends with something that I've always wanted to see in a D, in a non-comic book DC thing. Two characters get together that I always wanted to get together, and I believe they've gotten together in the comic books, but I always wanted to see it in a movie or in a TV show, and, and it's in this cartoon, and it, it's wonderful. I don't want to say what happens because, spoiler alert, but it's really good. So they're working on season three of Harley Quinn and showrunner Justin Halpern was recently interviewed by Variety. And in it, he said, and I quote, in this third season, we had a moment where Batman was going down on Catwoman and DC was like, you absolutely cannot do that. Heroes don't do that. It's hard to sell a toy if Batman is also going down on someone. What do you what do you think about that, Bunny? What do uh, you? Th- I I have seen more than one questionable toy to really believe that. Yes, I have seen masturbating Tarzan. Good point. You know, and why are you selling toys for this adult show? Unless they are adult toys yes agreed hi i think i look pretty good this doesn't fit that well okay so uh here's the thing though in spider-verse and style we've had a lot of different batmans yes which Batmans do you think would go down? And which Batmans wouldn't go down? Now, for starters, whether or not Michael Keaton does, or Christian Bale does, or George Clooney does, or Val Kilmer does, or uh, Batfleck does, one thing's certain, Adam West does everything. Yes. Because, true story, uh, Adam West was once uh, invited to an orgy, but was kicked out of the orgy because he wanted to do it in character. Yes, I, I read that. With He Frank had the Batman Gorshin. suit on, he was there with Robin, he wanted to be in the orgy in character, and everyone else was creeped out about that and kicked him out. But Adam West does everything. Yes. Period. I don't think Christian Bale does because when I think of Christian Bale, I still think of him on the set of Terminator, whatever the fuck, yelling at all of the uh, crew. Yeah. And I, and I just think that someone with those type of anger rage issues probably doesn't have the time or the mental fortitude to focus on someone else's pleasure. Yes. Maybe Val Kilmer does. I'm not sure. He is like a Christian scientist or something. I don't know if going down is pro or anti in their religion. Which one? Who? 
Uh, Val, Val Kilmer. Kilmer. Is that what he is now? A Christian scientist? Right. He's some sort of a offshoot of Christianity person. I thought he worshipped think... rocks or some weird ass shit. I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's, it's something different is all I know. I think Michael Keaton, yes. Christian science killed Jim Henson. Uh, Christian he, science. He killed. wouldn't get his kidney issues treated because he's yeah. a Christian scientist until it fucking killed him. Yeah. Now we know the dangers of long-term felt usage. Yes, this is true. A person's uh, uh, body. It over time it really damages it, and that's why Mister Hooper's not around anymore. This is true. We now know the dangers of felt. Kids, just say no to felt. <laughs> uh, Michael Keaton, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Probably great at it. I don't know about Particularly George Clooney. the Michael Keaton from Night Shift. Yeah. I, I don't think George Clooney does, because I think George Clooney is more about Robin. Yeah. Catwoman. So George Clooney probably, uh, if you catch my meaning, probably does go down, but not on Catwoman. Yeah. I I would like to take this time to say uh, that Spider-Man definitely does, and he's great at it. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I dare say Marvel goes down, DC does not. Just as a as a general, yeah, yeah, just yeah. as a general, just as a general, you pick any Marvel character; it doesn't matter. Like Captain America, like uh, yes, ten four, doing my duty. Yes, <laughs> but like Superman, he's like if he would that? throw him. If he would throw himself on a live grenade, he would throw himself on a live pussy. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Aquaman, like, no, no, absolutely not. Too many bubbles. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, that's that's my, that's, I just wanted to put my two just, cents in on Batman. Just don't let Aquaman near the dolphin's blowhole. Got that right. Okay, so, so I think that's good. That's enough of Batman and pussy. So cut on that segment. Okay. Uh, Bunny! Yes. The hot show right now is the Disney Plus uh, original Marvel series Loki, starring Tom Hiddleston, uh, Wes Anderson's personal slave Owen Wilson, and Pillboy from the Good Place. It's a <laughs> great show. Absolutely love it. There's been three episodes so far, and I know you've watched every episode a million times, Bunny, so we're going to discuss the first three episodes of the Loki series. So, hey, spoiler okay. alert, if you haven't watched Loki, be sure and not watch, because we're going to be talking about everything that's going on with Loki. Bunny's a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. So if you're not, if you haven't watched Loki, you better leave now. Come back maybe in like 10 minutes because spoiler alert. Yes. Huge, huge spoiler alert. 
Okay, so let's talk about Loki. So uh, uh, in the first episode, Loki is working uh, at the Bronx Zoo manually masturbating caged animals for artificial insemination until suddenly there's a giant <laughs> explosion in the penguin exhibit. Who is it? Oh, God. It's the ghost of Hervé Villachez, and he is fucking pissed. Yeah. And yeah. he's like... We need to get robot. I don't. Th- I don't think. It, I. I, I really th- have moral issues with them creating <laughs> CGI characters out of dead people like Hervé Villages. You know, I, I, it just doesn't seem right. You know, Peter Cushing is dead. Leave him that way. I thought it was odd that the ghost of Hervé Villages appears writing a surfboard in the sky made out of a million tiny sea monkeys. Yes. Because that's not in the comic books. In the comic books, the ghost of Hervé Villages rides uh, a like one of those mobility scooters. Yeah. One of those mobility oh, wheelchairs. Yeah. But I thought that it was done really well using uh, trick photography and shadows. Yeah, I thought that that effect was really well. Anyway, so in episode one, Loki and the ghost of Hervé Villachez leave the zoo, and they travel the multiverse, and they get Robocop, and uh, one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and yes. of course, uh, uh, Lee Van Cleef. Cleef? Lee Van Cleef? Lee Van Cleef? Lee Van Cleef, and together they've got to fight the evil bad guy, Betty Crocker. <laughs> uh, the music choice was odd. I didn't expect uh, Norwegian throat chanting to be the predominant music. But oddly, play. it felt very Asgardian. It did. It did. You know? It did. What did you think about the twist? Germanic. It had a lot more phlegm to it. Yeah, yeah. What did you think about the twist at the end of the second episode? Well, it depends on on which twist you're talking about. Loki being bi? Duh. Um, Yeah. But when Doctor Strange showed up as a chipmunk. Yeah. I, I I thought I thought I, I took it as an Easter egg to mean that Squirrel Girl is coming soon. Of course, Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl is going to be the most powerful character in the Marvel universe. I as like... soon as Batman finishes going down on her. Yeah. I liked uh I liked episode three because it starts off with a close-up of somebody's uh, nasal passage, and then it it slowly pans out. And who is it? It's John Krasinski. And he's like, hi, it's Jim from The Office, and I'm Reed Richards. And who am I married to? Mephisto. We've been here the whole time. 
And uh, anytime you see anything red in WandaVision, guess what? That was Mephisto. Everyone's fan theories were correct. And now Jim from The Office is fucking Reed Richards. And then he gets on his knees and just blows everybody. That was an amazing scene. Is he the one from the famous meme? The, oh, the like, famous like like he's a like like he's a like he's a meme blank, and then you would fill in the actual meme on the white thing he's sitting next to. Yes, is that yes, who we're talking Jim. about? Yes, that's Jim from the Office. Holy fuck! I'm recognizing people from memes now. Yeah, society is at an end. He's read. I don't think he's a good read, Richards man. But he's married to Emily Blunt, who is blonde and who would make a decent um, invisible woman. The two of them together. Reed Richards is always kind of a stick-up-the-ass character. Yeah, he's not serious enough, is what you're saying? Have you not seen A Quiet Place? No, 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 no. I'm saying... I don't want to see him that serious. Yeah. Okay, I got you there. I don't well, want to see him that serious. We 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 have serious actors that we can't have any fucking fun with. Let them do this shit. This is the Marvel Universe. You've got to find it. I'm totally with, down with him being a character in the Marvel Universe from other things I've seen him in. He could be a cool character. Not fucking it's, Reed Richards. Well, see, the problem that I have with that is that a lot of people say, like, oh, let's say let him lighten up, you know? Yeah, that's that's the problem that I have with that is that a lot of people, like, like what you're saying is, hey, Reed Richards is very serious, but. So much of the Fantastic Four is just wacky-ass shit. And it's like, yes, we need a serious actor for Fantastic Four so that when they go back in time to the pirate days and Thing becomes Blackbeard the Pirate. <laughs> like, like, we need a serious actor to get the complex Shakespearean complexities of Herbie the Robot just right. That's why I think Ray Fine should be nah, Willie. I don't think that that's quite what I'm saying. I, I'm not. I'm not saying we need a better actor for Reed Richards. I'm saying we're wasting the actor we're getting. I, okay, I I think we just need someone with more drama experience. To be Reed Richards, like that I can see, because a large portion of Reed Richards' character is, I am focused on science, so much so that I am shitty to my wife. Yeah, uh-huh, exactly. That's and we need to get that, like a superhero film, but also a marriage story. Yeah. Like, okay, like that I could see. That I could see. I am so sunburned right now, Bunny. Adam Driver. How about him? Because because I'm not ready to take Adam Driver seriously yet. So Adam, Adam Driver, Driver, Adam Driver might be good because I could see him being so invested in science and technology that he treats his wife like shit. 
Yeah. I could see him being serious. That might work. That might work. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, that's Loki. We'll, we'll, we'll get the office guy we'll another do. part. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who. He could be Dr. Doom. There you go. I don't know. But we'll, we'll figure that, it that's, out. That's intriguing. <laughs> you, know who we should, you know who should be Dr. Doom? Kelsey Grammer. Jesus. You know what I? You know what I find interesting with him as, I, I, and I don't the meme guy. I'm just going to call him the meme Jim from guy. The office. Jim from uh, the office. What's interesting about him for Doctor Doom is that I could see him. So I could see him just comically dismissing people. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, like I don't. I, I don't know. Somebody will. I'll stop you, Doom. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, just like yeah. we could have a little more fun with Doctor Doom there. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. A humorous, condescending attitude. Yeah. So anyway, that's our discussion on the first three episodes of Loki. Yes. <laughs> oh man, we gave away so many spoilers. We, we yeah. did, but not all of them, thank God. Boiler Central is what that was. But, oh man, can't wait for the next episodes. And cut on that. Yes. It is week three of our Summer of Bottoming, where we, where all summer long, we will be diving deep into IMDb's bottom 100 list of the 100 worst films of all time. And so every week in Act One of the podcast, uh, I want to take some time to discuss one of the many films that we will not be watching. And this week, we will be taking a moment to discuss the 2007 film In the Name of the King, A Dungeon Siege Tale. I thought for sure people were going to vote on this one because of the director who happened to direct the film. But uh, two things I want to say. Number one, uh, we will not be watching th- this UE Bowl film uh, right now, but there is no way we won't watch a single Uwe Bowl film this summer because oh, there are really? four of his movies on the list. Yeah. So we're definitely going to get to one of them. I am shocked that Postal isn't one of the four on the list. It's weird because the IMDb bottom 100 keeps changing. And so there are movies that have for a long time been on the bottom 100 that aren't on the bottom 100 anymore. Postal used to be on the bottom 100. Now it's not on the bottom 100. It's surprising what movies come and go from the list of the worst films of all time. So that's number one. Number two, at the present moment, we are having fans vote on what movies we should be doing and it's a lot of fun right now we have a poll going on on my twitter account and a lot of people have voted on it i put the next three films that i had downloaded on a little poll and uh at the present moment 16 people have voted there's a clear front runner but we'll see what happens. And it's fun because it's engaging. 
with fans or complete and total strangers who will hopefully become fans and watch the show. But um, the closer we get to the number one spot, the more we will be making decisions on what we watch. But right now we're in the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, the 60s. Uh, it's not as important to decide what movies we do next. But when we get to the 30s, the 20s, the 10s, yeah, the single digits, oh, we will be making the decisions on which films we do. But, <laughs> but I thought for sure that people would be voting on a Uwe Bowl film, but they didn't vote on this one. Uh, okay, so anyway, well, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I just found the poll. Yes. So if it's the right one, the one I'm seeing, it says an hour left, 16 votes. The yes. Wicker Man, I Know Who Killed Me, and Fifty Shades of Black. Yes. Uh, the Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage. Yes. Which important one was Uwe Boll? Yeah. Uh, it's important to make that distinction. It's Nicolas Cage's Wicker Man. And then I Know Who Killed Me. Uh, someone put an impassioned plea for us to do that one. Really? Yeah. Uh, because it's a really horrible movie about Lindsay Lohan. She's a stripper. She gets killed and she dies, but then she's a ghost. And oh, yeah. everyone died of a suicide, but no, she didn't die of a suicide. She was murdered and she knows who murdered her. So now she's going to use her ghost powers to try and make people realize that she was killed. So uh, at Ian Smith 06 wrote on Twitter, imagine my 19 year old self disappointment learning that Lindsay Lohan is a stripper in her new film. And while the movie itself was terrible, it was also the most unsexy strip tease performance I had ever seen. Ooh, so in this, I don't see oddly. I've seen this. I've seen, I know, I know, I know who, who killed, who killed me. me. Yeah. And, and, like many of the movies that we're finding so far in the bottom, the biggest thing about them is they're, they're fucking boring. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, there's not necessarily anything particularly wrong with these movies. They're just fucking boring. I, I know was... who killed me. I can give my review right now because I've seen it. And I have no remembrance of it because it was fucking boring. Yeah. See, I'm torn which one to vote for. I haven't voted. Oh, you should. Yeah. I was looking, you should I was get everyone movies. that you know. On I was Discord looking at the movies to see which one I wanted. Okay. I'm torn. You should get everyone your Discord. It's between two. It's okay. between the which, two that are. I am which, between which two. Shades of black and. He's breaking up again. It's a black, an all-black parody. Trailer and yeah. it's hilarious. It's an all-black parody of Fifty Dungeons and Dragons, and I thought it would to do like a huh? Wait, what? Wait, what? I'm losing. I'm sorry. Bunny's internet sucks. My internet sucks. Yeah. We need better internets for this podcast. Okay, this, uh, this what is like say, the buddy? cursed fucking episode. Is yeah, what it this is. is. This is the New Mutants episode. This <laughs> the is the Black crazy. Widow episode 
which Black Widow may get canceled if Delta variant kicks in. Right. So, you know, this is that episode of the Pope on film. Yes. Yeah, so I was rooting for Fifty Shades of Black because it would tie in well with this week's. Yeah, that's right, because the character. Yeah, because of Marlon Wayans. It's not bad enough. Yeah. It's not bad enough. We've been finding that a lot this week. We have been finding that a lot this summer. Well, I've never seen it, but just watching the preview, it's going to be stupid funny. Even if it's bad, it's going to be stupid funny. Yeah. Which means it's already too good to be on this list of movies you're um, voting on. Yes. my, My vote is between the two of them, and after reading the Wikipedia for both of them, I'm not sure because um, it was Cage. Yeah. yeah. And also I read the ending, so I'm like, okay. But then how I, I really feel I'm gonna have to go with Lindsay Lohan. We already know the level of bad Nicholas Cage. Wicker Man yeah. capable of Wicker Man might be interesting only because I'm a fan of the original Wicker Man and never saw Nicholas Cage's Wicker Man. Well, I had never, never seen that movie. I've never seen Lohan. Or read the book that it was based on. But I'm thinking I know which one. I'm going to vote for Lindsay Lohan, I think. Yep. Because I know the levels of bad we can get with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I think I've only ever seen clips of Herbie the Lot and which one was that? Parent Swat? Or Parents? Parent, parent Trap? Parent Trap. Parent parent trap. trap. I think I've said that. But like, other than that, I think it's got to be terrible, yeah. this movie. Well, there's only an hour left to vote. Okay, I, there's only about an hour left to vote. I, I, don't I have to, to go win. with. When it... I have to go with the only one on the list that I haven't seen, and that's Fifty Shades of Black. Fifty Shades, and it black. has my curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's don't an forget, in... yeah. Tasha. I, I haven't seen we, it either. We so will be, be rating these see, on whether or not uh, they belong Natasha, there. my wife is. Yeah, yeah. We're ranking them ourselves. Yeah. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what wins. It'll be interesting to see what wins, because Natasha has, my wife is yet to vote, and she's going to get her uh, Discord server to vote as well. We might get a lot more votes within the next hour. Okay. So don't count any movie out at this point. I assumed that The Wicker Man wouldn't win because there have been a number of movies that I assumed would win that did not. Yeah. So, so, uh, and, and one of them was in the name of the king, a dungeon siege tale. It's Yui Bowl's third video game adaptation in a row. And what I don't understand is how Yui Bowl can make the film alone in the dark, which bombed, and then make the movie Blood Rain, which bombed more than alone in the dark. And yet, despite these two bomb done these, despite these two bombs under his belt, somehow Hollywood said. Let's give him a third video game to turn into a movie, but here, have $60 million and major students. Like, that's pretty... That's a lot of money, you know? Okay, okay so this is the one that's not Funny, on are you the there? List. Uh, no, no. Th- this is every week I'm picking one of the movies 
movies in the bottom 100 done yet that that we're not doing and i just want to talk about it and that's what we're we're talking about a movie we haven't done and that we're not going to do on the list now but that we might do it later because not only is in the name of a king an atrocious movie but it's an atrocious movie with a big ass budget Somehow he got $60 million to make in the name of the king, and I just don't understand that. It features both Jason Statham and Ray Liotta, for shit's sake. So I don't even know how the movie was made. Like, it's shocking that Uwe Boll could ever have, could ever get that much star power in one of his movies. But we're not doing Uwe, Uwe Boll's in the name of... The King, A Dungeon Siege Tale this summer, but we will definitely be doing it eventually. Stay tuned and be prepared. Because this that's the, we're talking about a movie we will eventually be doing. Okay. It's not right now. But eventually we'll be getting to this. Uh, so that's this week's movie that we won't be doing this summer. Next week, we're going to be talking about a foreign movie that I couldn't find an English translation of, but I've done a pretty deep dive into what this... It's a Turkish movie. Yeah. Uh, and I've done a bit of a, a, a small deep dive into the movie series, and we'll be talking about that next week. So stay tuned. Or something. Cut on that. Why? Yes! Uh, we still have a full movie to get to. We need to talk about Pride Month. We need to talk about Michael Jackson's son blanket. We need to talk about uh, Thora Birch. Okay. We need to talk about Jeremy Irons. We have a lot to talk about, but before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. Okay. Oh. Uh, Bunny, are we still? No, we're not. No, we're not? Okay. But we're still recording it? We're still recording it, yeah. Okay. But we're not streaming anymore. Right. Okay, what happened? The stream keeps cutting out. Okay. Well, we did most of Act 1. Yes. It's a trial. It's a trial thing. We're trying it out. (laughs) I have no problem with that. We're, you know, getting the kinks out. Okay, so, so cool. All right, so we're going to take a break now. We will be right back with more of the Popon film. After these commercial messages. Do 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 do
time. Shut up. says you don't float around wearing diapers and eating grapes i love this book so much this woman believes that like literally believes that when she prays jesus takes her from earth and lets her play in heaven uh here's what the back says since 1988 the holy spirit has been taking me to heaven Jesus would show me various fun places and allowed me to do fun things. I asked, why, ha why was he showing me these places? Daddy slash God said, because people think all they do here is float around wearing diapers, eating grapes. They're doing nothing but bowing before me. Okay, so this is my favorite passage of the book, and it's called Play Gel Balls. I'm not sure if this, hold on, I'm going to do this in two parts. Okay, are you ready for this? This morning while worshiping, I was caught up in the spirit and stepped over into heaven when I heard Jesus say, come play gel balls. It's like a water balloon, but the ball is full of giggly joy gel. You can squeeze it into yourself. When you put one in yourself, you laugh intensely. You're in the, in the spirit realm, you can place things into yourself as if you were transparent. When you try to hit the other person with these joy gel balls, they try to get hit. So it will go into them, and they will intensely laugh. They can also catch it and squeeze it into themselves. Intensely laugh and keep playing. Heaven is so fun and filled with intense laughter. This reminded me of Job 8.21 that says, He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with joyful shouting. Hello there. Yeah, so anyway, I love this book. I love this book so much, and a lot of people have asked me, why do you love this book so much? And, and the thing that I love about this book is that it, this isn't a joke. This person actually believes. Uh, chapter 2, Daddy, God, and the Holy Spirit in Heaven. It, this woman actually believes that she can leave Earth and travel to Heaven where she has a vaguely uh, a high sexual tension relationship with Jesus. There's a passage in here where she's slow dancing with Jesus, fragrance of Jesus. Like this woman wants to bang our Lord and Savior. And I, I just love this. I, I just, Jesus is in me. Jesus is in me. This woman wants to bang Christ. And I just love this book because 
if 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 you're on the street and you're pushing a shopping cart and the police ask you what's up with you and you say oh i, I i've been talking to jesus he takes me he takes me to uh to roller coasters roller coasters in heaven you don't uh, just float around on a cloud wearing diapers and eating grapes then you'd be put in an institution or a prison and you'd rot in there for the rest of your life but if you're an old white woman and you say those things then uh congratulations you're a prophet it's it's insane this woman is clearly insane
Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world She took the midnight train Going anywhere Just a city boy Born and raised in South Detroit He took the midnight train Going anywhere A singer in a smoky room A smell of wine and cheap perfume For a smile they can share the night It goes on and on and on and on Strangers waiting Up and down the boulevard Their shadows searching in the night Streetlights, people Living just to find emotion Hiding somewhere, somewhere in the night Working hard to get my fill Everybody wants a thrill Paying anything to roll the dice Just one more time Some will win, some will lose Some were born to sing my blues All the movie never ends It goes on and on and on and on Strangers Waiting Walk up and down the boulevard Their shadows Searching in the night Streetlights People Living just to find emotion Hiding Somewhere in the night
Don't stop believing Hold on to the feeling, yeah Streetlight people Don't stop believing Whoa Streetlight people Stop believing Hold on to the feeling yeah. Streetlight people And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Funny. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting, pulse-pounding, heart-stopping, booty-shaking installment of Bunny Versus, everyone's favorite podcast segment? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you jazzed? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you ready and raring to go? Are you revved up? Have you gotten your motor running and or have head out on the highway? Are you ready, Bunny? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. And without any further ado, it's time once again for Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. What the fuck has been going on? I don't know. Things have been weird. Okay, things yes. have just been weird. Uh, so, let's see. So, like, sometime last week, the week before, actually, a friend from work asks me, uh, kind of to be a reference, she's got, like, a side job or something like that, and I'm like, okay, except, like, it doesn't quite sound like a reference, and, you know, I said, okay, and she said, okay, fine. Um, then it, it it's a Zoom meeting I have to attend. Okay. And it's an hour-long Zoom meeting. And I'm like, okay, because like uh, like now I'm already committed, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm not sure what's up, but already things are a bit sus, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, why the fuck? I mean, if this is a job, they don't need to talk to me for no fucking hour. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe in half hour, 15 minutes, something like that. They just want to, I don't know, they're used to using Zoom now for shit, you know? Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> but this is an hour and I'm getting really suspicious. And now it's like time for the Zoom meeting. And I'm like, I am so betting this is an MLM, you know? I am yeah. so betting this is a multi-level marketing thing. And sure enough, it was. 
So, ah. so that got to be a, that was a fun Zoom meeting. It 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 got a bit heated at times until I just like yeah no I've had enough of this I'm out. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And told my friend to be careful with this shit because because it, it was just shady as hell. Uh, he he wouldn't. It, it was all indoctrination techniques, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He he would keep he would bring up he would bring up a point about something, and he would have to get you to agree with it before going on to the next thing. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't you agree? And one of them was, wouldn't you agree that a company on the on the stock exchange is trustworthy? What? Like, Fuck that. No, I would not agree with that. <laughs> that is fucking ridiculous. You know, and he, and he was like, and wouldn't you agree that all employers recruit? And I was like, there are different types of recruiting, dude. Please, come on. Yeah. This is not black and white. I mean... <clears throat> You can either recruit by putting an ad in the paper or something like that or online just saying that you have this job that you're offering and you're accepting yeah. resumes, or you can promise a whole lot of bullshit that you really can't deliver on because you're a marketing, a multi-level marketing scam. There are different levels of recruitment. Yeah. <clears throat> So, I mean, I flat out called them bullshit. What did, remember what I, what I specifically said? Did I call him a con man? or? Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, Bunny is selling Lululemon now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's fucking funny. Well, Let so me tell you all about Santa. Well, some would say we're a marketing level, a, a, a multi-level marketing pl- platform. Like, what the fuck does that even mean, dude? Some would say. You either are or you aren't. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so that was so that. Was that. Uh, bit of excitement during the week. Very cultish, very weird. These people are. Uh... And then Friday, I wake up and I go to work, which means in the next room, and I get myself all logged in. And once yeah. I'm waiting for my first call, that's when I start scrolling through Facebook, but I can't get on Facebook. I go, oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, well, it was asking for my password, and I put my password in, and... It rejected it, and I was like, oh, maybe I thought I had the wrong password, so I came out here into the living room and checked Google on my computer, because Google stores the passwords, and you can access that. Yeah. So I I check uh, the password, and it wasn't actually what I was using, so I was like, okay, I had the wrong password, and I put it in. And it says you're using an older password. Okay. So it took a while for me to go check my email 
and I don't know why I did that. And there's a message from Facebook saying that uh, my password was changed and I requested secure access. Okay. It has, it has a code I need to identify myself. And this is all coming from Facebook. I'm watching this very carefully to make sure I'm not being scammed or anything like that. It's legit Facebook. Every time I go to Facebook, no matter what, where I go to Facebook from, you know, if I go to go to it yeah. from an email, or if I search Facebook and Google and, and click on the link there to get to Facebook, or if I type in Facebook.com, you know, so it's not like, this is definitely coming from Facebook. You know, it's not yeah. like a fake PayPal email you'll get. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where they have a fake a fake PayPal page set up. But anyway. <clears throat> so it does, so it allows me to change the password, which is one thing. You know, but then it will not accept this code it sent me. And it has nothing on it to resend a code. Like Facebook stops right there. Okay. Okay. Then you have to go to other options. And I really find this shady as fuck. Okay. Yeah. But the next option yeah. is Facebook wants me to take a picture of my license with their own what? camera with their own camera which sucks so like i can't just take a picture of my license and send it to them it's got to yeah. be with their own camera which is fucking impossible it keeps saying not enough light too much light not enough light too much light all this kind of shit you know, and yeah, you can't be still enough to get a clear shot. I wound up taping it to a bot, my license to a bottle, so it would be still, and my little camera's on a tripod to get a shot at it. And then Facebook says it'll take them forty-eight hours to evaluate no. the driver's license. So I'm like, what the fuck? <coughs> that like all I sounds like some weird shady shit. Yeah, like suddenly Facebook wants our licenses? Yeah. You know, they're already banning people for the weirdest fucking shit. You know, uh, so then I'm locked down. I'm like, great, what do I fucking do? Well, how do I do the show? What's going on there? And I was like, I guess we could just stream it to YouTube. And I tested it all out. Um, you know, I got every everything set up, so everything was set up just like we were streaming, except you weren't coming through on Zoom which YouTube isn't getting the stream from 
from Zoom, you know? Yeah. The OBS program is getting the Zoom meeting, and then it's streaming out. So it doesn't really make a difference that your picture isn't there when I'm testing shit. Um, and I got it set up fairly easily, and everything looked fine, and I was running tests, and I was making sure I was doing it from, you know, different devices that I can get to the video, and I could see it streaming live and all that, and everything seemed pretty cool until today. <laughs> hmm. Well, first I, I found out. First, when I was trying to contact you through email, because I can't contact you through fucking Messenger anymore, thank you, Facebook. Uh, yeah. I had found from YouTube, I got, even during the fucking testing, dude, okay, even during the testing, to find out if this even works, I got a copyright strike because of the Tim video that we have in the breaks. Yeah. I mean, like, that is clearly, you know, anybody who didn't watch the breaks, first, shame on you, okay? But second, yes, he, he's, he's doing a rip on journeys I uh, don't stop believing. He's doing it with yeah. a hand puppet. His son is playing on it on a Guitar Hero guitar. Give me a fucking break. This is parody. Yeah, this is not clearly. a copyright violation, and uh, you know, so uh, so I figure out, I really have to figure out how to get our own website going, and I just haven't had the brain power to concentrate on it, you know. Yeah, so yeah, it could be away from all of this shit. Yeah, you that'd know. be nice. Yeah, if anybody wants to help. Uh, anybody who actually knows what they're doing? Uh, but anyway, you know, but like stupid shit, like, like, I, I fell in love with the idea of dedicating a month of shows to Kent, Ohio. I, I love that idea. This was, I mm. think this is a fucking genius idea. I think that's a great idea. To get listeners. Yeah. But but what but what the fuck? I can't do it for an arbitrary Facebook rule. Yeah. That I, I I can't advertise a Facebook group, but I can advertise a Facebook page. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. I was all ready to go. Yeah. I had it. I had test video. Yeah, that would, yeah, that would have been fun. <sighs> I had the whole thing. I had the whole thing filled out to find out what the fees really were. Are you really so? Like the ad is all pretty much set up. Yeah. And they wouldn't let it let me do it because it was a pay. It was a group. I don't understand that at all. No reason I could see, 
but like I am getting so sick and fed up of just this arbitrary bullshit. You know? Yeah. yeah. You say I don't somebody, understand you say you think somebody's an idiot? That's what I got. And you're banned? Yeah. I get banned because I say I want to shoot politicians into the heart of the sun. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't I don't get it. I mean, are you taking that as a credible threat? Yeah, it, no, no person is taking that as a credible threat. A an algorithm is taking that yes. as a person. Yeah. Bunny got blocked from Facebook for a little bit because he said he wanted to shoot politicians into the center of the sun. And some freaking Facebook algorithm said, "Shoot politicians. That's all I need to hear." Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. There's, there's no understanding of what somebody is saying. It just has the wrong keywords. So, you know, that's it. And, you know, we're the company, so you have to play by our rules. Yeah. Yeah, I I just I don't get that. I don't I don't understand. Like it doesn't make a difference that Tim's video is clearly fucking parody. It's got the song, that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're all you know, where where's Weird Al in all of this? Yeah. That's two separate discussions, though. It's still parody, even if it's not necessarily good parody. (laughs) Right? Yeah. That's, that's That's a really good point. And I'm not saying that that's not good parody. I, I love the puppet. <laughs> yeah. You know. I love the work that Tim does. That's why I put him in the breaks. Yeah. Just like what Liz does. Although Liz, for some reason, the stuff Liz does kind of creeps me out some. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The cocktail hour where she's doing like. Virginia Wolf style, <laughs> yeah, comedy and it and it is funny, but at the same time, it's like, oh, that's creepy. <laughs> it's super creepy. Like it's triggering ancient memories in me from way back in there in my head that even I can't find. <laughs> yeah, although somehow. Dean Martin seems to play in it. I'm not sure. I don't know. So other than that, that's been kind of my week. Um, you know, things are really 
Yeah. Yeah, things were just off. They were just off. It was weird and bizarre, and the kids were acting weird, and other teachers, and parent, it's the whole thing. I just was like, what phase is the moon in, or whatever? Yeah. Things weren't normal. Okay, I want to go back to normal. I want boring. We're close. We're close to getting back to normal, but things are still really fucking weird. Yeah. I want boring. So how are you? How has your week been? Uh, I am sunburned like a motherfucker. Yeah? Yeah. I I hurt. I hurt bad. Do you want to know why? Why? I went to the local Pride Fest. I went to the to the Pride Festival in downtown Oklahoma City. I went with my wife and three of my children, and I went in a dress. It is yes. the first real time that I've ever been out in public wearing a dress, and it scared the shit out of me. And I'm sunburned like a motherfucker, but it was worth it. I told a friend before I left that, I'm, that uh, I, I told myself that if my family does go to the Pride Parade, that I would go in a dress and leggings and do my hair and put it up in a bow and dress all nice like I sometimes do at home or on the podcast, but I'm going to do it in public. And and we weren't going to go, but at the last second we decided to. And I, I was like, oh man, that means I do have to do it. I'm kind of nervous. And my friend said, good, that means it's important. So I I I I, I did it and it was really scary. It, it, it was touch and go for a while because there suddenly a, a massive thunderstorm came. And so they had to cancel the pride parade. Yeah. So the parade didn't happen. But then when the parade was done, they said, hey, we still have a full day of activities and events and concerts and, and, and speakers. And so that's still happening. So the parade has been canceled, but you can still come and celebrate. So we went. And I went in drag in public, and it, it was the first time that I was ever in drag in public, and um, it, it was scary and frightening and nerve-wracking, and I thought I was going to vomit, but I did it, and I'm really proud of myself. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It, it was uh, very scary. I saw someone I knew, and they're like... Was, huh? They're like, Steve, you, you look so good. I had no idea. And it's like, you don't give me any fucking sympathy. Okay. <laughs> I'm just here, just here to dress in drag in public. And it, it was really, it was really amazing. And Natasha is proud of me. And I even posted pictures on Instagram of us at the event. And that was uh, frightening. But it, it, it was an important step for me. Yeah. It was an important thing that I felt I needed to do, and I did it, and, and I'm really happy about that. So that was yesterday, and we were just out and walking around, and the event was huge. And the best part is is that I've been to Pride events before, and there's always the section where the Christians have signs and are yelling horrible things. Yeah. Because of the rain and the parade being canceled, not a single pro protesting Christian anywhere. Really? 
Yeah, I think that they were already that there were all these Christians and like we're going to tell these 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 uh, queers and fags that they're going to hell and oh the parade has been canceled. Okay, well then I guess we won't go. So, but then they still had events that day and it was Christian free. And it was like the best pride event ever because none of the assholes showed up. (laughs) It was so great. And I have been to a bunch of prides, but never one without angry, yelling, fucking white people. And it was so nice. They all stayed home because of the weather. Yeah. We just had a blast and it was so much walking. And now I am just, there are parts of me that are redder than I've ever been before, but a hundred percent worth it would do it again. Well, you can still get a really bad burn in the rain. Well, oh, but the, no, no, uh, no, uh, when the parade, yeah, when the parade was supposed to happen, it was it, it was lightning and thunder and rain, and it was pouring like crazy. But then by noon, just the rain stopped, the clouds parted. It was a hot-ass fucking summer day. Yeah. And then it didn't rain again until late at night. But by then, the, the Pride event was uh, starting to end. So it just so happened that the parade was canceled, but everything else was just – it was a great day. It was a wonderful day. We found an area with uh, kids' activities, and we were making buttons and having a great time. We, we, got, we got a bunch of free stuff, and we met a bunch of people. It was an absolute blast. Yeah. And I was in a dress in public, and that was really exciting. Uh, from, from, yeah. from time to time, I wonder if I was supposed to ask you something about this. Like, is this something we were supposed to talk about? Or like, I, I... No, I specifically told you, I specifically told you the first time that I decided that like, I'm going to dress in, in, I'm going to dress up in women's clothes for the podcast. The first time I literally told you like, Hey bunny, I'm going to be in a dress. Don't just don't mention it. Yeah. Just don't mention it. Regular episode. See, just don't time, mention it. At the same time, it was like no problem because when it came up, it would be like, okay, there you are in a dress. Where's that yeah. picture of old Greg that I like so much? It's in still the there. Back, I'm not seeing it, you know? Yeah. It's still there. It's just uh, Natasha keeps going in and out while I'm recording the podcast. So Natasha said, like, I'm used to this is a visual thing, but I'm used to recording like this, which is a straight shot at me. But that means you get some of the door on the side. So due to my wife's insistence, now I have to move things to the corner where I have the Pulp Fiction poster and the pride flag. So you don't get to see old Greg anymore, but he is up there. He's just way up there. Make an assessment. I'm I'm just so, saying I have my priorities. Yeah. Uh oh Bunny, uh I posted this on the Facebook group, but I just realized that you haven't been able to see it. So I'm going to explain it to you. Uh where is it? Okay, cracked.com just posted on uh, Instagram. Jesus is buried in Japan, or some Japanese believe. 
Oh. According to local legend, in the village of Shingo, Jesus didn't die on the cross. He schlepped over to Japan instead, where he got married, had a bunch of kids, and died at the ripe age of 106. If you are ever in Shingo, Japan, you can visit Jesus' burial site. And it's like, bitch, cracked is stealing our shaps. Yes. And I posted a link to that specific Steve's Historic Approximations. It's entitled Japanese Jesus, and we did it forever ago. Oh, yeah. Finally, catch up to us, Cracked. We are light years years ago, maybe three years ago. Yeah. We are light years ahead of Cracked.com. Very proud of that. We 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 did did that shot ages ago. Japanese Jesus when we were... No, uh, Christ at Heather's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was forever. That was forever ago. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah. I wanted to explain that because. Ooh, nice burp, honey. Nice belch. Good for you. You're a healthy girl. Don't ever say that again. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. I liked that. Yeah, so, so that's me. So I just wanted to bring it up and make sure that we weren't, like, I wasn't supposed to be like, my God, you're in a dress. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to embrace my gender fluidity. It's that I sometimes, most of the time, I'm a dude. I'm going for a, for a gender fluid Ed Wood sort of thing, where it's like, hey, I might be in a dress, and I might have a woman's persona and I might dress as a woman and feel like a woman. And I and at this moment, I am a woman's gender. But at the same time, I will drink you and fight you under the table. Okay. That I, it, it, they, I'm go so it's so it's not I I'm not really trans but more of a gender fluid sort of a thing where it's like sometimes I'm a woman sometimes I'm a drunk messy woman in a dress getting drunk drinking hard seltzer and ready to talk shit about people but most of the time I'm just seat yeah so it just well, changes that's all, that's all I think, think you're you know yeah you're just Steve. Yeah. My brother. But, my yeah. partner. But then sometimes I'm in a dress. Yeah. And sometimes it, I'm in a dress and I'm a bit of a woman and that's fine. Are, are I told a, the kids, I told the kids specifically that when I'm in a dress, please don't keep yelling dad at me because that makes me self-conscious. So now when I'm in a dress, the kids call me other mother, like the creepy monster from Coraline. I've got to finish seeing that movie one day. Are you going they them? No, no, I'm just Steve. Okay, I'm just me. It's just don't I call me. I thought you can even call me Steve while I'm in the dress. I just don't want the kids to. I just don't want to be in a dress in the backyard, having a bit of wine, listening to music, and relaxing, and then my kids rush up to me in a dress and fake boobs and uh, my hair done all beautifully and go, dad, 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 dad. Cause then some redneck nearby is going to hear that and look for dad and see dad is someone in a dress and get a shotgun. And then I'm going to be hung from a tree somewhere. Yeah. 
That's all I'm worried about. So I'm Steve, and I can still be Steve in a dress. Just don't call me dad. <laughs> okay. When I'm in the dress. So other than that, we're all peachy keen. I don't, I don't care too much about pronouns. Does, I'm does trying that extend to daddy. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So that's me. That's that's my corner of funny verses. I'm really excited for this week's chap. Uh <laughs> it's it's very serious. Cool. We we talk about a band, but in order to talk about a band, we need to talk about a serious subject in history. So I'm really okay. excited about this week's chap. It's a very it's a very heavy one. Okay. So, yeah. Ooh. Can't wait to get. We should get to it. How are you? Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's us for this week, I guess. So, until yeah. next week, self-adhesive tape. Yes, please. And I love that. cut on that. And cut on that. Buddy! Yes! If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film America's 3,478th most popular podcast. I mean, who is it nowadays? Everyone's jumping aboard the teapot train. But only real fans, hardcore fans of the podcast that have been with us since day one would know two undeniable facts about the both of us. Two absolutely really real and not made up on the fact, uh, made up on the spot facts about America's hottest will they or won't they couple, Bunny and Steve. What did you just mouth to me quietly? No. Uh, First and foremost, Bunny is the fact that you are a celebrated voiceover actor who has voiced some of the world's most famous cartoon characters of all time. So, Bunny... If you would do us the honor, could you please give us just a taste of some of your iconic characters? Um, well, a lot of people know that Suffering Succotath, that's, that's, that's one of mine. That's one of mine. Yeah. Motherfucking Mel Blanc. Don't even start with Mel Blanc to me. Okay? Um, my Famous, my most impressive comic character voice, the Pink Panther. Yeah. The Pink Panther. Yes. See, I just yes, did it right yes. there. I it, just it, did it right there. How awesome was that? Uh, yeah. uh, I, I, I could do a pretty good Elmer yeah, Fudd. But only if I'm singing like a Bruce yeah. Springsteen song or something like that. You know? Yeah. Wow, we're still getting like Yeah. That's weird. I really liked your flaghorn.
Oh, he cut out. There? Yes, I am. Are you? Socks. Are you there? You got I me. I am here. We good? Okay. We good. Can you hear we me? sound good. Okay. I can, you hear, can you. hear me. We good? Okay. We're... Okay. Good. I'm. I'm gonna plow ahead. I'm gonna okay. plow through. Okay. Uh, the second fact that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do at this part of the show is find a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique, bizarre storytelling style. And that's what this segment is. Another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. Dun, dun. Okay, so we're good. You can hear me. The sound is fine. Wow. Yeah, but that yes. was an awesome dramatic pause. Yeah, that was crazy. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we're good. Okay. Or shaft, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name shaft. It's short, sure, but it's got a lot to say. It's the vine of podcast segments. I'm in me mom's car. Vroom, vroom. Get out of my car. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, today on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be discussing the band Queen, an unpopular opinion, why they were fucking racist. <laughs> okay. I say that's an unpopular opinion because this is what happens in society. Uh, a musician does bad stuff, controversial stuff, bizarre stuff, strange stuff, sometimes horrible stuff. And while they're alive, there's discussion and debate. Oh, look at that. Michael Jackson is having sleepovers with little kids. Sure, he's not molesting them, but he's still having sleepovers with six-year-olds. Yeah. And everyone's like, hey, he's not molesting them. The kids are sleeping on the bed and he's sleeping on the floor, which is perfectly fine for a 49 year old to have a sleepover with strange children. That's fine. There's molestation. Like, okay, that's still fucking weird. And he's dangling his baby from a hotel balcony, and he's living with his kids that he paid a random woman to give birth to. He's living with his kids in the tiny Persian Gulf Kingdom of Bahrain, and one of the kids, he named Blanket. Yeah. Blanket. Yes. Blanket Jackson. Yes. Who names their kid Blanket? Uh-huh. What the hell? Okay, so that's weird. Michael Jackson was weird. He was a weirdo. But the moment oh, he was a, and as long as he was a weirdo. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's back up, though. As long as this, he, he was a weirdo, I yes. was fine with him when he had Bubbles the Chimp and he was trying to buy the elephant man's bones. And when there were rumors that he was sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber, I am fine with that. You yeah. go, boy. Then it took the weird 
turn. Yeah. You know? And like... Yeah. yeah, things go. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, it's time to... And now, fuck him. I'm kind of yeah. down here. But then... Uh, 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 a musician dies, and immediately they become saints. And all the things that they've done in the past have all been forgotten. So would forbid you say anything bad about Michael Jackson now, or else you'll be assaulted for daring to besmirch the name of St. Michael of Jackson. Yes. And I love David Bowie, and I love David Bowie's music, but heaven forbid you bring up David Bowie raping a 15-year-old or John Lennon's well-documented history of beating women. Yeah. Imagine all the black eyes. Yeah. Lennon was the first. <laughs> you also loved to use the N-word. Yeah. So you were kind of a fuck bitch. So, and also, uh, and so the band Queen, and specifically its frontman, Freddie Mercury, were recently canonized uh, in the film Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. Which, I'm sorry, should have been rated R. I was very clear about this on the podcast. Uh, The members of Queen were uh, the studio was like well this needs to be a rated R film because it's about Freddie Mercury and about how he was gay and about how he got AIDS and uh, so this is going to be an R rated movie. Meanwhile the living members of Queen were like Queen's music is for all people of all ages which is why this movie should be rated G. Oh. oh, no. Fuck all of you. If Freddie Mercury was here, he would want the film about his life be rated triple X, you motherfuckers. Right? Yes. It might be for all ages, but Freddie Mercury's life is not. Yeah, Freddie Mercury's life was not for all ages. And it is upsetting to me that they made a movie about the life of Freddie Mercury and it was PG-13. Yes. Fuck all of that. Okay, so here's the story. And uh, in order to do the story right, in order to talk about Queen and how unpopular opinion, they were kind of fucking racist, we need to start the story in a really odd place. South African apartheid! Okay. This is a heavy, this is a heavy shap. We're getting serious all up in here. In 1914, a new political party started in South Africa called the National Party, also sometimes called the Nationalist Party. In 1948, they gained power and they quickly enact two major policies. Oh, did I forget to mention the National Party was all white? So um, they quickly enacted two policies in 1948. Number one. The British claimed South Africa as their own since forever. And the first thing the Nationalist Party did was uh, several ties to England. Hey, this is our land, not England's land. It's kind of ridiculous that it's almost 1950 and British is still like, "Uh, you're all mine, black people. You're all English. So uh, they cut all ties with England. 
number one. And number two, they started a, a series of severe segregation laws known as apartheid, which translates to separateness. It was a series of laws that punished blacks and favored whites. Basically, this is apartheid. Imagine a small racist town in the middle of the forest in Arkansas. It's the 1950s. There's whites-only restaurants, whites-only businesses. There's a pool. Blacks aren't allowed. Only whites. And everything favors white people, and everything punishes black people, and there's a crooked police force who have no qualms about arresting and beating up innocent people of color and throwing them in jail indefinitely at least for no reason whatsoever. Can you imagine this, Bunny? Oh, yes, yes. This fictional small town. Okay. Now, instead of a small this town, small imagine town? it's a big Huh? A fictional small town, yes. Okay. Now imagine that that's a huge town. Now imagine it's an entire state, and now imagine it's an entire nation. That is South African apartheid. Yes. And in the 80s and 90s, musicians banded together to call for an end to apartheid. And that's great. And, uh, oh, oh, look at you singing songs about how everyone needs to be equal. Yes, that's great. Uh, I would like to know where those musicians were in the 70s and 60s and 50s. But, hey, you finally got there in the late 80s. Good for you. Yes. Sure, you spent the 50s and 60s and 70s completely silent to the punishment of blacks in South Africa, but hey, you finally got there when MTV existed. Good for all and, of and, you. I bet and all the opposition show. had to do was keep fighting for, well, okay, is this guy really black? Yes. This is where you get a big gradation. Yeah. You know? Okay, so so that's South African apartheid. Which is just fucking weird. Just like a weird thing to yeah. develop. Yeah, it's weird. That brings us to Sun City. A name for both the suburb of Phoenix, Arizona, where all old white people go to die. Yeah. And the Las Vegas of South Africa. Sun City was a massive, huge, expansive resort and casino opened in the northwest corner of South Africa in 1979. In South Africa, gambling was illegal. Strippers were illegal. Being topless was illegal. Uh, drinking alcohol was reserved for. There were all these things that were illegal in South Africa, but they were absolutely fine in Sun City, in this one resort city, this one resort town, uh, everything goes in Sun City. So Sun City became the place for rich and powerful white, rich, white Africaners to gamble and drink and party. No blacks allowed, obviously. Sun City was a whites-only hedonistic playground. And so the business people who ran Sun City, they started attracting big name musical acts to come and perform in Sun City to play music for rich, racist white people who exist solely because of apartheid. So so all of these uh, rich, famous uh, politi musicians are accepting uh, 
blood money to go and perform in Sun City. And this is too much for the United Nations. Okay. The United Nations is like, okay, um, uh, hey, we're the United Nations. Sun City, that's horrible. You you guys know that, right? Uh, apartheid is bad. Sun City is bad. And no musicians in like England and Canada and the United States should be traveling to Sun City to accept money to perform concerts there. You're basically promoting apartheid by going to Sun City. So uh, um, we didn't want to do this, but you fucking douchebag musicians made us do this. So, okay, the United Nations is officially instituting a cultural boycott on Sun City. No musicians are allowed to go to fucking Sun City anymore, okay? Because, (laughs) hey, hey, musicians, apartheid is fucked up. And by playing in Sun City, you're pretty much supporting racism, okay? So none of you are allowed to go and perform in Sun City until South Africa ends fucking apartheid, okay? So say it, the United Nations or whatever the fuck, none of you go to Sun City anymore. You are accepting blood money from rich and powerful fucking white people to go and entertain them. That's horrible. No one is allowed anymore to go there. Now, Sun City is up a creek without a paddle because now the United Nations have banned all musical acts from going to Sun City. Okay? So, uh, So this is what they do. The CEO of Sun City, the guy who created Sun City, he, uh, he makes an announcement. He's like, hello, my name is Sol Kersner. I'm the man who built Sun City. As you no doubt know, the United Nations has, uh, it's, like the, it's like the 80s. It's like the 80s. And the United Nations has ban- have banned all musicians from playing in Sun City. So we are responding. And this is our response. If you're a big time musician, and you agree to break the UN's ban, cultural ban on Sun City, and you come to Sun City and you play here, we will double your paycheck. No, we will triple your paycheck. Fuck that. We will quadruple your paycheck. We will make you rich beyond your wildest dreams. All you have to do is travel to South Africa, break the United Nations ban, and play for all of the rich white assholes here. That's all you have to do, and we will make you rich beyond your wildest fucking dreams. All you have to do is look the other way to black genocide, come here, and perform for the most racist people on the planet. If you do that, we will give you all of the fucking money in the world. It's it's so Dr. Evil, the way it's coming out. Yeah, it just yeah. sounds really Dr. Evil. Dr. Vornoff yeah. would have no problem with this. Because <laughs> yeah. he's an evil fuck. So it shouldn't come as a surprise. Yeah. It should come as no p- surprise to any of you. A lot of big names went and performed at Sun City. Yes. Uh, I've got a list Uh-oh. of horrible assholes who went 
Houston performed at Sun City, breaking the United Nations uh, cultural boycott on Sun City. These performers included, but are not limited to, Cher, Rod Stewart, Liza Minnelli, Paul Anka, Elton John, Frank Sinatra, the fucking Beach Boys. And we'll have fun, 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 long as there are no black people around. (laughs) Now... None of the names on that list, I think, should be surprising because these are all musicians who have benefited from white superiority. It's not like Beach Boys had a ton of black fans. Yeah. And uh, I know that I, I know that Cher isn't 100% white, but I feel that her fan base is, is very much white. What I'm saying is, I'm assuming Cher didn't perform half-breed. Yeah. At her Sun City concert. Yeah. Call me crazy. It's a bit of a hunch. <laughs> so, uh, but Queen was different. Freddie Mercury came out and said, we will never play in Sun City because we are a notoriously left-leaning liberal band that fights causes and does a lot to help people in need. And we refuse to take blood money to play a, at a pro-apartheid casino. We realize that is wrong. Just kidding. We're doing a shit ton of Sun City shows. <laughs> Cher went to Sun City. She did one show. She came back home, and then she donated a bunch of money to, like, causes because it's like, hey, 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 yes, I played Sun City, but I'm not a horrible person. Look, I'm giving money to uh, ghetto children, whatever the fuck. I, I'm also trying to help. Look, I'm giving a portion of my proceeds to uh, causes. And uh, Elton John is like, okay, yes, I accepted a ton of money to play at Sun City. But now that I'm back here, look, I'm giving money to these causes. I'm giving money to all these people. Queen just said, fuck it. We're playing for a week. <laughs> Two weeks. We're doing a whole series of shows in Sun City. And it's so... In 1984, Queen did a ton of shows in Sun City. Queen, a band that would later play Live Aid. Yeah. And premiere a brand new song at Live Aid. And the song was called, Is This the World We Created? And it was all about the evils and ills of the world and how we need to all come together as one. But I'm assuming that one of those ills was not apartheid. (laughs) And it's like, we must all come together as brothers, maybe not blacks. Because, uh, oh man, we're billionaires now because we went to Sun City and we played a ton of shows there. In 2005, and then in 2005, Brian May had the audacity to perform at a Nelson Mandela tribute concert. Oh. Oh, fuck you, sir. Brian May, may I say, fuck right off. Wow. No, absolutely not. Queen was attacked in the British press. They were fined by the British Musicians Union and Queen themselves were blacklisted by the United Nations and continued to be blacklisted until apartheid ended. Queen defended themselves, saying that they were a non-political band 
who would play to anybody who would want to come and listen. And then the bassist, whose name doesn't matter because he's a bassist, said, yeah. quote, basically, we want to play to wherever fans want to see us, which is just absolutely the worst. Yeah. But to be fair, remember when Woody Guthrie played Berlin in 1942? And no. Woody Guthrie said, look, I know the Nazis are bad, but a lot of my fans are in Germany, and I'll just play to wherever fans want to see me. No, fuck off, Queen. <laughs> right the fuck off. When Queen sings their song, One Vision, and they dream of a united globe of humans working together, maybe ask yourself if Freddie Mercury is singing to everyone or just the white people. Yeah. Because they played a lot of shows at Sun City. And I know that uh, Freddie Mercury is dead and that now uh, Queen is the absolute 100% most perfect band in the history of mankind and no one's allowed to uh, make fun of it. But uh, we need to have a serious conversation about Queen and their uh, Sun City performances. Yes. The society need to come to terms with all of that. And that's our chat for this week. I loved it. That like, was good. I that, like that, the idea of here's Queen. It's one of the biggest bands in the world. No one's allowed to make fun of it. But hey, guess what? They they supported segregation. They indirectly supported segregation. Yeah. And we all need to talk about that. We all yeah. seriously had, need to have a conversation. And the story just went all over, and that's that's always a good shaft. Yeah, yeah. It's a real good shaft. You know, I liked it. We went from Queen to South Africa to the United Nations to the Beach Boys back to Queen again. Who names their kid Blanket? <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, I am so upset. Hey, honey. Hey, honey. Hey, honey, I'll wait until the break. I'll wait until the break. I'll wait until the break. Uh, I don't know where Eleanor is, which usually means. Okay. Okay. Good. Good, good, good. Okay. So, so yeah, that's Shaft for this week. Next week, I am so excited to bring you the story of the old-timey Wild West bandit and outlaw who also... Uh, became very close with Lee Majors. Okay. I've been telling everyone in the family about this story. This story is insane, and it landed on my lap like all good chaps. But next week, we will be talking about the Wild West Bandit from old-timey Wild West, who also worked with Lee Majors. Wow. Okay, cool. And I am so excited to tell this story. But that's next week. Join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Sims Historic Approximations. And cut on that. Yes. I woke one of the cats up with that one. That was exciting. We still have a, a movie to discuss. We need to talk about... Uh, the Mortal Jeremy Irons, the Mortal Kombat sequel. Okay. Uh, the TRS, the company that publishes Dungeons and Dragons. We need to talk about uh, um, 
Darius Emmanuel Grouch the Third, aka the Rumble. We need to talk about white chicks. We need to talk about the movie Deep Throat. We're gonna get crazy. <laughs> We're gonna go crazy places with this week's movie. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should definitely take a break, or I need Sweet. a new couch. Okay, we will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this. Do 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 do, etc. And break, break. The only difference between Bob and Man is that Bob is not Man. These lights that my wife bought for her plants are wonderful for lighting for YouTube videos. Hello, Reverend Steve here, and today I will be eating ice cream, medicinal ice cream. It's right here, all natural medicated ice cream. Okay, nice cream. Uh, a medicinal ice cream. It features, uh, it's called Oklahoma Road. Get your kicks on Route 66. Chocolate and ice cream, toasted pecans, and vegan marshmallows made in Oklahoma. OKNiceCream.com. It contains 62.5 milligrams per four ounce serving. I have never tried this before. Uh, We are going to give this a try. Ooh, ooh, this looks pretty. Wow. That looks very pretty. I don't know how much I should eat. I, uh, I've i been worried about trying medicinal ice cream for the longest time because when I eat ice cream, I eat a lot of ice cream. So I need to learn when to say no to ice cream. Okay, so we're going to try this one. Uh, There you go. Got some pecans and some marshmallow in there. Oh, 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 oh. Um, it's got that edible taste. You see my furrowed brow? Oh, the pecans and marshmallows help, though. So, um, I've had two bites. I don't know how much of this will get me all, you know? So, maybe a big bite, and then we can keep checking back on me, okay? That's what we're going to do. Big bite. Big bite. There are a lot of pecans. Really like the pecans. I'm a big fan of pecans. Ooh, that taste. Mm.
The pecans and the marshmallows are wonderful. The rest is a bit questionable. Okay. So we will be back. I will see you in about an hour. Huh? Okay. It has been one hour since I have had the ice cream. Uh, I took three bites on camera. And then once I stopped the video, I had three more bites. So, uh, not really high. <laughs> um, I can feel myself starting to get a little bit high. It, I'm very mellow right now. Uh, uh, you know, a little bit dizzy, a little bit, uh, tripped out. But I'm not high. But then again, it's also only been an hour. So, okay. But I'm still functional. Uh, just a little, hey, you know, you just got off of work. It's a Friday. You're going to have a little bit. And hey, that's how I feel right now. But it's only been an hour. So let's check back in another hour. Hello. It has now been over two hours. And um, I'm moving faster than time. I only took six bites. Oh. Light is so pretty. I think I'm gonna procrastinate a little bit more. Oh, oh, ow. Hitting up and strange without my right hand. Using my left hand, saying, I need to quit singing so I can start drinking. Here I go. City matters a while. Steam in the subway, the world is on fire. Woman, you won't make it me a sign. Catch my breathing even closer behind. With the ground, I'm on a hotel after you. I smell like a sound, I'm lost in a crowd, and I'm hungry like a wolf. Cross the line, a discord and rhyme. I'm on a hotel after you. My mouth is alive with juices and wine, and I'm hungry like a wolf. <laughs> Too close behind to be a bunny by the moonlight side. Do 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 
coming on, your skin's so tight. You feel my heat, I'm just a moment behind. And touch with the ground, I'm on a hunt down after you. I smell like a sign, I'm lost and I'm found. And I'm hungry like the world. A shred of a line, a discord and rhyme. Howling and winding after you. My mouth is lying, I'm running inside. And I'm hungry like the world.
greatest dancer in the world in your face. I'll be coming back. I'll be coming back for next week's episode. For next week's episode, you come back too. You come back or burn in hell for eternity. Twisted magic experiment gone seriously wrong. Have threatened to conquer a kingdom. What can I do to stop Profion? If you can obtain the Rod of Savril, you could control red dragons. I suggest we lay low, let the whole thing blow over, come back, rob everybody. There, there's one small problem. Problem? I kind of committed us to find it. Let the blood rain from Asgard! Trust me. this task alone. You know, I love the way you track. Rocket Marina, you get the map. How you get the girl and I get a map? We gotta work out some new plans. I want them found. Do you really think you can steal my destiny? Be careful. You too.
And we're back with more of the Pope on Hi. Hi. Before, before we get started, yes. I just wanted to mention that to try to make this movie more bearable, because the weekly thing, the weekly movie has become a thing in our house. We we kind of do dinner and a movie with it on Saturday night. To try yeah. to help make this bearable, Jeannie and I were trying to recast this movie as if it was an '80s made-for-TV movie. That's a great idea. I would just like you and anybody listening to keep that in mind as we go forward. I started this uh, segment by saying, hi, that was both a greeting and an explanation as to how I'm feeling right now. So uh, this episode, this this discussion, this week's discussion will be exciting. Yes. Yes, it will. Uh, Okay. Um, So, yes. Three money. <coughs> Act three. This is Act where you say three. something. Okay. What? Thank you. Yeah, um, we, yes, we got a little glitchy there for a moment. Oh, I didn't. Uh, okay, I didn't know that. Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again to country line dance our way into the third and final act of the podcast, and it is said third act wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our Logie Extra Strength and Dolphin Safe Movie of the Week! And this week, we continue our summer-long deep dive into IMDb's list of the 100 worst films of all time with a look at the year 2000 film Dungeons & Dragons, number 86, on the list of the 100... World time, and a, this is the explain what we're doing. Um, I don't have this part written down, which I I, I wish I would in retrospect because I am pretty high right now. But uh, the, every summer we do themed uh, yes. summers, and we've done the summer of Star Wars, the summer of Saw. I I am postponing. <coughs> The summer of Fast, and I do not want to have to see any of those movies. No, yeah, we 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 can put it off like the Great Cleveland Balloon Explosion or whatever it was. Yeah, the chap that never came. Yeah, but uh, oh, this popcorn is really good. But. Uh, Yes. So this this so this summer we're doing the summer of bottoming, and we're yes. focusing on movies from IMDb's list of the bottom one hundred movies. And this week it's number eighty six, Dungeons and Dragons. Before we discuss the film, 
I found on archive.org a screenshot of CNN. Com from from December seventh of the year two thousand. Once the movie came out, CNN released a review, and I just wanted to read it. The headline says, says "Dungeons and Dragons: Dumb and Dreadful." <laughs> oh. And I agree. I never got the book. I I I read the entire review, and I agree. With all of it, it's poorly executed. You feel like you're watching the world's most expensive script run through. The cast members wouldn't look out of place in a random Burger King commercial. Um, uh, Marlon Wayans is annoying. The star doesn't have any star power. It's one of the worst movies of the year. Um, the airborne battle at the end is memorable, but the rest of the film looks like clips from Crawl. <laughs> I particularly like that part of the review, but I have a really hard, hard time with how the view begin. Read to you the beginning of this review, written by Paul Tatara in the year two thousand. It goes like this. Dungeons and Dragons, a film which is based on a teenage role-playing game that used to be all the rage. What the fuck? Would you consider Dungeons and Dragons a teenage role-playing game? That's a bunch of bullshit right there is what that is. What, What would you call it? role-playing game. I wouldn't call it a teenage role-playing game. It's the only teenagers are playing Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, I I don't really see the need for the the age stamp. Yeah. And then it says, dare say, I've never been a Dungeons & Dragons playing guy, but I don't think it's ever gone out of favor. No. So... A lot of people were playing Dungeons and Dragons over Zoom during the pandemic. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons had a bit of a, a renaissance. I, I noticed a lot of other podcasters did it. Yeah. So CNN just fuck off. Also, I was thinking, Bunny, because you asked me about my pronouns, and I was thinking um, when Ed Wood dressed in drag. Uh, Ed Wood went by the name Shirley, and I was thinking, hey, now that I'm dressing in drag, maybe I could have a new name. And that got me thinking about this week's movie, because it was directed by a Canadian man named Courtney Solomon. Okay. And it's got to be difficult growing up as a man with the name Courtney. Yeah. That's got to be difficult. I'm assuming that the kids in the playground in the 80s, 70s and 80s were not nice to... A lot of names don't have genders, so even though I'm dressed in a dress, 
I don't necessarily have to have a woman's name. That's when I figured out my name. Okay. For when I'm dressed in drag, the only name I want to go by when I'm in a dress, my new drag name, Darius Emmanuel Grouch Third, a.k.a. The Rumble. That's From the greatest of movie of 2020, Money Plane. I... I... I, I, I was sort of hoping for like maybe Beth. I don't nope. know. You know, I, I was trying to think of how it's, I a, it's, a, it's a good name. Okay, don't get me wrong; it's a good name. It's, I'm just saying it's a name. little wordy. I was trying to think about how I feel when I'm in a dress, and let me tell you, when I am in a dress, I don't give a fuck who's on that plane. I'm the baddest <laughs> motherfucker on the planet. I am Darius Frout's third, the Rumble, and I am taking down the money plane. Now bring me my money! Okay. I hope to God they make a sequel to <laughs> Money Plane. Do we have to say the whole thing each time? Darius Emmanuel Grouse the Third, aka the Rumble, absolutely. <laughs> or if you, or if you can't remember that, I'll still accept Steve. <laughs> okay. I would just prefer Darius Emmanuel Grouse the Third, aka pause for effect, the Rumble. The Rumble. But I will also still accept Steve. It's like Eddie Izzard prefers is now just um dressing in drag all of the time and prefers she yeah but also is not changing their name eddie izzard is still eddie izzard yes and i like that i still like the name steve even if i'm dressed as a woman you can still call me steve but i would prefer you call me darius emmanuel grouch the third aka the rumble so dungeons and dragons a film so bad that even D&D fans are like, no, thank you. Yeah. And that's a big sign as to how good this movie is. Basically, it's the room for nerds. I, I fell asleep. I couldn't help it. I, I feel when I say the room for nerds, um, the room is bad and the acting is bad and the writing is bad but when you see the film you can tell someone did spend some money yes money was spent fucking Jeremy Irons himself did not come cheap at the time yeah like uh, this film's budget was 45 million dollars but I have to imagine a lot of that just went into his pocket uh, and Tom Baker at that time would not have come come cheap. He wouldn't have been he wouldn't yeah. have been expensive, but he wouldn't have been your bargain bin celebrity. Not in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. He's a fan favorite. The only good thing talking about uh, uh, um, the cast of this week's movie, the only thing that I liked about this movie was, oh man, this person is horrible, and oh man, that guy annoys me, and oh, this is horrible, this is really bad, this is, oh shit, that's Riff Raff! Yes. Yes, God damn it. That's what I was gonna say, yes. And wait! He has a dungeon! R this... 
this movie is almost worth watching for fucking Richard O'Brien. He is just brilliant in this. That was the only part that I cared about in this entire movie. That was, boy just uh, oozes fucking charm. Just fucking riffraff showing up in the middle of the movie, and it's like, oh, you want to get the MacGuffin? First, you have to go through my dungeon of traps. And it's like, oh, shit. Now this is a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Unfortunately, it's a Dungeons and Dragons movie for about 10 minutes, and the rest is just nonsense. Yes. I was just really happy to see him. Yes. But, um, but I thought of The Room because money was spent and parts of this look good, but also some of this is the worst uh, CGI ever. Yeah. And so, so uh, Dungeons and Dragons wasn't a low budget film. Maybe it's a mid budget film. So money was spent on this. Um, 40, a $45 million budget is nothing to sneeze at, but also a huge percent of that had to have gone into Jeremy Irons' pocket. Yeah. So this film has a lot of problems. Yeah. A lot of problems. Um, so the first problem is, surprise, surprise, this was supposed to have a much bigger budget. Yeah. So we'll be telling the story eventually, but this film was supposed to have a much bigger budget. And then this film was supposed to have a much smaller budget. And then they just met in the middle. Yeah. So um, this movie was went from a 100. It still movie- looks pretty. It still looks pretty good. Uh, when I was watching the trailer, I said it looks pretty good. And right after that, it looked a little bit cheeseball. I read a review. Uh, the kind of styrofoam read a re- buildings and things like that. Yeah, but- I read a review somewhere that said I. It might have been the CNN article. I think it was the CNN article from 2000, where a movie reviewer said that Jeremy Irons is barely in this, but he's in it just enough to look really good in the trailer. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I thought that that was a great summation of Jeremy Irons' entire character. But the movie went from a $100 million budget to a $45 million budget, which means that the filmmaker had to use a decent amount of CGI. Um, And here... And in the late 90s, early 2000s, CGI wasn't good. So a lot of times they would hide the CGI with, oh, hey, The Rock is the bad guy. Now he's turned into a half-man, half-scorpion. Just to be safe, let's have this scene happen in a dark-ass pyramid. So people fully see how shitty this CGI is. And it was awful. Yeah, so a lot of this film ended up looking like Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah. You know, not the best CGI. Um... Bit shitty. Um, and then at the time, but then at the time, the movie reviewers were like, oh, this is yet again another example of Hollywood's overdependence on CGI. And it's like, it's not that Hollywood is dependent on CGI. It's just that at that time, it just wasn't good yet. 
I dare say you can make a much better looking film now using $45 million. Oh, yeah. Oh, you have yeah. to all be set in the dark. Um, and the second part, the second part, the second problem with this film, and I worked really hard on this, um, the script uses super fancy, hoity-toity, uh, impressive-sounding sci-fi fantasy dialogue. Yeah. Cover up the blandest plot in the world. Yes. It's the, it's, it's the most, it's the simplest plot in the world that they try to make more complicated by using language. So here is the plot of this film. <laughs> the empire of Izmir is ruled by the mages while the commoners are helpless. The young empress wants to bring equality to the land, but the evil mage Profion is scheming to dethrone her and take control of her magical scepter, which controls the powerful golden dragons. But the Empress tasks two thieves in the land in search of the fabled Rod of Savriel, which controls the powerful red dragons who are more powerful than... And I'm sure the screenwriters thought... This sounds impressive because they're putting all of these nice sounding words in it. But what all of that boils down to is bad guy controls dragons. So the princess sends two Han Solos to find the magical MacGuffin. Yes. That's 5,000 movies. Yes. That is a million movies that have already been made. All you're doing is just using some Dungeons and Dragons language to make a movie that's already been made a million times before. Yeah. Nothing setting this apart from any other fantasy movie. And all the all, all the characters were exactly the same. They were they were cartoon cutouts, beautiful princess. Dashing rogue, evil mage, you know, yeah. sidekick, you know. I mean, it's all kind of just. Even the music was, was Star Wars. Yes, the music was very Star Wars ish, which we found funny. Yeah. But but yeah, this this movie is in no way original, which is sad because it's a Dungeons and Dragons movie. You could have a lot of fun with a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yeah. I dare say, if you're a fan and you want to watch a Dungeons and Dragons uh, film, don't watch this one. Instead, watch two episodes of Community. Yeah. There are two episodes of the TV show Community that are centered around playing Dungeons and Dragons that are better at experience at at than this film. I remember those. They were very good. Yeah. So Community is a better Dungeons and Dragons movie than the movie Dungeons and Dragons. Chevy Chase was a punk ass bitch. Yeah. I dare say that says a lot about this week's movie. And the third see, we started we started casting this as an 80s TV movie 
Yes, I love to hear that. Just looking at that kid, looked, he looked like every actor they wanted to get who didn't want the part. So, like, you could see that if they cast him, they wanted Jerry O'Connor. You know, they wanted Jason Bateman. You know, a few others. You could see they wanted the, but they settled for this guy. Yeah. Um, that brings us to the third problem with this film. He was a is that, that they had in the clone tank. They weren't going to take him out for another ten years. Yeah. That's where so, he came from. Okay. Problem number one: bad special effects. Problem number two: bad script. But hey, some great acting could have saved this film. Yeah. But the acting is shit. The two thieves are played by Justin are played by Justin Whalen, who? And Marlon Wayans, the star of such Academy Award winning films as Marmaduke, White Chicks, and the black comedy Fifty Shades of Grey, which uh, we may do next week, but probably not. The star of the movie. Justin Whalen, you said uh, he's he's one of the clones. Yes. When I saw him, I'm not sure why, but in my mind, he screamed Disney original movie. Yeah. He screamed made for TV Disney Channel movie from the 90s he just had that face that's just he looked like if it was the 60s he would be starring in beach films yes oh man this beach sure is swinging what uh the beach boys and then there's a whole number that's what he looked like he looked like he had a face that was safe Yes. So so I'm like he he just screams Disney Channel original if movie. If you if you yelled if you called up casting and said I need a generic young hero roguish type that's who shows up. Yeah. Yeah, and Natasha said that um he looks like a generic prince Eric from Prince Charming type person. Yeah. Like a generic, I'm the hero. Yeah. And so they got generic, I'm the hero. So I'm like, this kid, this kid must have been in like some a Disney Channel original movie. So I looked it up and to quote a Tarantino film, that's a bingo. <laughs> Is that what you Americans say? That's a bingo? No, we usually just say bingo. Yeah. Well, bingo. Yeah, he was in a Disney Channel original movie called Suzy Q, which I've never seen, but I totally called it. Yeah. Then there's the bad guy played by Jeremy Irons in a role I can best explain as being the Dungeons and Dragons version of Darius Emanuel Grouch the Third, aka the Rumble. Yes. That was a great pause. I was really proud of that. That was a good one. That was a good pause. Jeremy Irons is the only person who looks like they're having fun. 
because yeah, Jeremy Irons, Jeremy Irons acting looked like nobody's going to be watching this shit anyway. Yeah, Jeremy Irons is the only one who's like, you see the hero, you see the romantic interest, and they're thinking, oh man, this movie is going to be a hit, and then we're going to do sequels, and this is going to catapult me to stardom. But Jeremy Irons seems like a really smart person who knows Hollywood, and so he read the script and immediately went, oh, this is going to be shit, I'm going to have fun. Yeah. He's the only one who who seemingly saw this film for what it was going to be. And you can tell in the performance because he's just having a blast. And he was so over the top, man. And then when I saw that Marlon Wayans was in this, I was like, oh, he's going to be the comedy relief. He's going to be the comic relief. He's going to be fun. But Marlon Wayans screams in a decibel that dives deep into my brain canal and changes my DNA and sets me into a murderous rage. Yes. It, 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 he screams, and immediately I become someone who's into the purge. Yes. And I, I can't explain it, but it got to the point where I was cheering his death. <laughs> I yes. I never it, like I'm wondering if this is a right wing movie because for the first time ever I saw myself saying please kill the black person <laughs> because that's how horrible he is in this it is it, uh, okay so now let's talk about but it was still end. but it was still okay I, I see your point and this is not to contradict your point. Thank you. This is not to contradict your point, but it was just like we need an, an emotional beat here. You know? So they killed him off. Like they, they didn't kill him off for any like real reason. It was just like that was the element that they needed in the script. So let's kill him off. Yeah. Yeah, let's kill the black person. The black person dies first. What a surprise, Hollywood. Way to fight expectations. (laughs) Hooray. So, Thora Birch plays the Empress. Yeah. From American Beauty. She is fucking hideous in this. She's basically she's basically the like nine year old princess in the never ending story. Yes. Um and also I just wanna say Thora Birch creeps me the fuck out. <laughs> and um I have good reason for this. Okay, so she got her big break in American Beauty being topless. Fun fact, uh, she was 18 when she made Dungeons and Dragons. She uh, she was a couple of years younger when she was topless in American Beauty. She was either 15 or 16 when she was topless in that, which is super creepy. And what's creepier is that I'm not sure if you know this about actress Thora Birch. Um, her two parents were two old-timey motherfucking 70s porn stars. 
Really? Her mom was Carol Connors, who starred in the Erotic Adventures of Candy series in the 1970s. Okay. And her dad was porn actor Jack Birch. They met on the set of Deep Throat, and the both of them very tightly controlled Thora Birch's career when she was underage. And I've heard some creepy stories of, like, uh, like the dad always being present on the set and wanting to make sure that the topless scenes were just right. And Hey, do you want my 15 year old daughter to be topless some more in the film for you? You'll do it right, sweetie. Yeah, you're great. It feels like these creepy seventies porn stars were just pimping out their underage daughter for Hollywood. Yeah. And so every time I see Thora Birch now, I'm like, Ooh, okay. Okay, because all I can see are, are like her parents, two creepy 70s porn stars. Who in the 80s, with the advent of VHS, now anybody can make a porn. You don't make the like old timey porns with plots and scripts anymore. So suddenly they're out of work. They're not making any money. But look, they have a child. We're going to force her to act at age nine in commercials. And so... I just got a serious problem with Thora Birch, and I'm hoping that by explaining my serious problem with Thora Birch, that other people will also have a problem. So, so Thora Birch goes on our bad list. Maybe. I. Yes, absolutely. Because I think we should have sections of the website for things like that. You yeah. know, I'm kind of planning on a section for my weird, my weird film theories. Mm-hmm. You know, the Robert Preston effect, the clone, the clone conspiracy. You know, yeah. um, uh, those would all I be. I think we should have our our heroes and our movies that we are championing, either singly or together. Yeah, and and you know. We're still representing the church, so we should have a good and a bad list. And it sounds like Thora Birch is going on the bad list. I'm fine with that. With I'm Mike Nelson. Fine with with yeah. Mike Nelson. I think he I think yeah. he definitely made the bad list. Yeah. Yeah, so this movie is crap. The acting is horrible. The script is nothing new. And uh, the special effects aren't that great. Uh, This is a pretty bad movie. But, Bonnie, I want to hear from you and your ratings system because I want to know where does this movie stand, how many rooms does it get, and where, how bad is this in relation to the other films that we have so far watched this summer? Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, and... Um, swept away. Like the others, okay? Like the others that we have been seeing, the biggest crime these movies commit is they are boring. Yeah. They are lifeless. None of the pieces work together. You know? So, Mm -hmm. for that, I would have to give it two rooms. 
I'm gonna say that that it it's as bad as watching the room twice. Okay. Basically. And see, this this is a movie that had several groups of people that you were kind of following, and you went back and forth between each group. I feel each group needs its own Barb and Star. Because there weren't anybody really good here. Dungeons and Barb and Dungeons and Barb and Dragons and Star. Yes. Okay. Trying to think of how they would fit into this movie. Oh, they would be the two thieves. Just replace both of the thieves. Justin Whalen, whoever that is, and Marlon Wayans, and just put the two of them in it. That would be that would be a, a definite, definite improvement. Oh, you know what we should do? This is kind of crazy. I, I like. I don't even know if I should say it. Oh, I think I know what your idea is. Maybe we should say it together. Should we say it together? Okay, on three. One, two, three. We should rob the mages. Oh my God, we both yes. thought of the same thing. Yes. We should go rob the mages. Yes. I am all for that. You know, Trisha robbed the mages once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, she's so brave. She's so brave. Oh my goodness. So you're a dwarf. How is yeah. that? Tell me all about that. <laughs> I just want to hear more from you. Oh. But if we make them the if we make them the rogues, which I, I again I do highly approve of that, that still improves only a part of the movie. Like Jeremy Irons would have to be speaking to Barb or or Star at any given time at any given time, always. Well, um, I have a piece of popcorn stuck in my throat. You can't do high from here. This is legitimately how I sound right now. Uh, okay, so... You all right? Yes, I am fine. I'm just sounding weird right now. Have a drink. Take a drink. I did. It didn't do anything. Okay, so... When... When, when we remake Dungeons and Dragons, oh my God! Did you say onion rings? Yes, you yeah. did. So we went to where did we go to Wendy's? We went to Wendy's. <clears throat> was it Wendy's? I think it was Wendy's. Maybe Jack in the Box. It was Jack in the Box. We went to Jack in the Box. And we're trying to figure out what everybody wants to order. And Maxwell, who is my son, he is nine and he is adorable. And I love them. Uh, Maxwell said, can I get onion rings? And we said, are you sure? And he said, yes, I want the onion rings. So he got the onion rings and he, he was all excited and he'd been into the onion rings and he freaked out because no one told him that onion rings have onions in them. Oh. And 
my heart was filled with love. Because <laughs> that is the most wonderful thing I have heard this week. So just to let everyone know, because not everyone might know this, but onion rings do have onions in them. Yes. <laughs> of a very weird yet oddly compelling texture. So then, so then to yesterday, we got food again. We went to Burger King. And uh, Maxwell said, "Ooh, I want the onion rings. I want the onion rings. Wait, do these onion rings have onions in them? And we're like, yes, all of them do. Yes. Maxwell. So now I'm becoming a spokesperson for onion rings because I think that there are probably a lot of people out there that don't know that onion rings have onions in them. So I'm becoming a spokesperson. Onion rings. There's onions in them. I'm letting everybody know. An onion is just a singular version oh. of a blooming onion. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's an individually packed blooming onion. It's a one shot blooming onion. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't remember what I was saying. One. I absolutely don't remember what I was saying. Okay, so this so this movie was based on a lie was based on a lie. Yes. So this is how the movie was made. Throughout the 80s and the 90s, a bunch of different studios tried to make a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Imagine this movie coming out in 84, 81, 85. It would have been a different film. It might have actually been a success. But there was always the same hurdle. Every studio that tried to make a Dungeons and Dragons movie ran into the same hurdle, and that hurdle was... TRS Incorporated, the company that is the publisher of Dungeons and Dragons. They yes, wanted yes. a lot. Oh, Hollywood's trying to make a movie. This is what we want. We want script control, creative control, casting control. We want a massive uh, percentage of the profits. We want a toy deal. We want yada, yada, yada. And they are asking for so much. The, the, a ton of demands. They wanted a lot. So TRS in their assholishness, kept stopping the Dungeons and Dragons movie from ever being made. Enter our story, Courtney Solomon, a Canadian man named Courtney whose parents were big in TVs and movies in Canada. Courtney is a big fan of Dungeons and Dragons, and he's like, huh, uh, you know what? I, I think that that uh, that we really need to finally make a Dungeons and Dragons movie. In fact, you know what? Come hell or high water, I am going to make the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I'm a fan. I grew up playing it. I'm the best person to make this movie instead of some studio heads wanting to make a Dungeons and Dragons movie, not knowing a thing about Dungeons and Dragons. I a fan will make it, and that will be the difference from TRS. But first, I need to get into TRS. How do I do that? How do I get a meeting? How do I talk to him about a movie? Then he thought up a lie, and he thought it up quick. Um, this is what Courtney does. Uh, hello, I'm Courtney. I am a college student. I am taking an economics class. I am doing a paper. Can I interview your company heads? I am a college student. I, this is a paper. 
I am writing a paper. It's a final. Can I just come into TRS headquarters and do some interviews with your uh, with your uh, company heads? I am a college student. This is a hundred percent real. So Courtney lied his way into TRS offices, and it's like, oh. So uh, what is it like coming up with Dungeons and Dragons? What's how stressful is that? How many people have purchased Dungeons and Dragons products? How how popular is this? It, it, you know, with the popularity of Dungeons and Dragons, it's surprising that you guys have never come uh, agreed to a movie deal. Why is that? Why do you think you've never made a movie? Huh? Maybe uh, maybe the problem is is that uh, you guys just haven't had a real fan to work on it. Yada, yada, yada. He makes a 30-page proposal on how he'd do the movie, and boom, TRS agrees to have Courtney Solomon do a Dungeons & Dragons film. The entire basis of this film was a fucking lie. <laughs> and that is fascinating to me originally the film was supposed to have a hundred million dollar budget and some huge names were attached to this film to direct including yeah at, at various times james cameron was attached to direct and also francis ford fucking coppola yeah well, that was a very strange time for movies, as I remember, because, like, it was this, it was um, Lost in Space, it was Godzilla, you know? Just, there was Wing Commander starring Freddie Prinze Jr. Mm -hmm. And a couple of other odd-ass movies like that. Yeah, the movie came out in December of uh, 2000. I personally think that it should have come out in February of the next year so that when people thought of uh, 2001, they would think of the biggest tragedy of that year, Dungeons and Dragons and nothing else. Yeah. Nothing else happened in 2001 except for the Dungeons and Dragons movie. So... Uh, it was supposed to be a hundred million dollar budgeted film with all these big name directors. And eventually they talked to Joel Silver who helped do he, an executive producer who helped executive produce the Batman movies and Die Hard and all of this stuff. And he downgraded it. Yeah. And so with, with Joel Silver attached, it went from a $100 million film to a $3 million direct to DVD film. Yeah, And then eventually, at the end of the 90s, they uh, met in the middle, and it became a $45 million, essentially indie film. And New Line Cinema said, hey, we would love to release your movie. As long as uh, you sign this paper, giving us exclusive rights to the two other films. That's right. It's going to be a trilogy, and then a TV series, and then a cartoon, and then uh, uh, video games. Oh, people are going to love the Dungeons & Dragons series of films. But to be fair, there were two sequels to this film. They were direct-to-DVD sequels, and uh, nobody came back except for the second-in-command 
um, bad guy who looked like the producers said, make him look as much as you can like the bad guy from The Mummy without us getting sued. Yes. He is the only person who came back. Jeremy Irons isn't coming back for Dungeons and Dragons to uh, the Dark World. Yeah. Yeah. But a uh, fun fact, Courtney... I dropped my popcorn. Oh, no. The worst thing to ever happen. Okay. So, Courtney Solomon doesn't really direct anymore, but is still a producer because Courtney also got all of the money from various people for this budget. So Courtney is a movie producer and just produced a movie that came out this May, the 2021 Netflix film Woman in the Window, starring Amy Adams, and that the critics agree is horrible. Nice. He's upholding the tradition. It's the Courtney way. Yeah. So this movie is horrible. And here's my theory about this movie. I have a theory about it. It's a Blue Lives Matter film. Okay. Because there's that scene where right before the roguish hero and the love interest kiss where um, he, where uh, the roguish hero is like, oh, my friend Snails is dead. Yes. Oh, you mages are all alike. It was a mage that killed my friend and I am upset. And the woman says, hey, just because some mages are evil doesn't mean that all mages are evil. Sure, one mage went nuts and killed an innocent black person, but hey, uh, blue mages matter. Yes. Okay, sure, some of the mages are bad, but that doesn't mean all of the mages are bad. Man, why are you being so, uh, uh, why are you being so critical of mages? Mages are the only people keeping law and order in here. You know, your friend, the innocent one who died, he was a criminal and a thief and if he had just obeyed the mages then none of this would have happened yes this is a blue this is the first ever blue lives matter sci-fi fantasy film (laughs) fantasy finally a blue life a a, a sci-fi fantasy film for people who eat at cracker barrel yay yay Hooray! So that's this week's movie. It's a piece of shit. Did not like it. You probably can't tell, but I actually wasn't a fan of that movie. Probably couldn't no, tell because no. I'm so subtle. I keep things inside. You probably can't tell how much I hated that film. But luckily, okay. it's already erasing itself from memory like bad movies should. Okay. Bunny, are you ready for the results? Stop waving the flag, Eleanor. Yes, I am. Okay. We got 3,834,000 votes. Oh, wait. We got 18. We got 18 votes. And uh, in third place with 22%, 50 Shades of Black. Oh, well. 
In second place with 27% of the vote, I know who killed me. And with a whopping 50% of the vote, next week, we are watching Nicolas Cage's The Wicker Man. Okay, I, you know, I, I, I don't know what to feel. <laughs> Let me tell you what you're going to feel. You're going to feel the bees. The bees. No, no, not the bees. Not the bees. I'm excited about next week. Next week is going to be exciting. Next week, we're going to be talking about toxic male fandom, Melania Trump. We're going to be talking about a Wild West bandit who also worked with um, Lee Majors. And we're going to be watching the 2006 remake of The Wicker Man starring Nicolas Cage in a bear suit punching people, I think. Yes? Yeah, something like that. I've never, I've never seen the remake. So uh, this I know he great. totally decks a woman. Yes. And I forget if she is in the bear suit or if he is in the bear suit. I think but it was is. just so like, it was just, oh, there was a bear suit involved. But the, but the hitting of the woman was such a, ooh, not cool, Nicholas. Yeah. Really crimped his, uh, portrayal of the hero of the movie yes um since we're on this subject um i don't like the original spider-man toby mcguire spider-man because he's a homophobe and that's not cool i did not know that uh in the wrestling match i always had him pictures of bottom bonesaw is ready and so Spider-Man is in the steel cage match with Bonesaw and Spider-Man flips up to the top of the cage and Bonesaw says, get down here. And Spider-Man uh, playing to the crowd says, nice tights, Bonesaw. What did your husband pick those out for you? Oh, uh, you shut your whole homophobic fucking mouth, Peter Parker. Yes. <laughs> Fuck off. That might have been fine when the movie came out in 2002, but it's 2021. You shut your goddamn mouth. <laughs> Not cool. Not cool. So next week is going to be an exciting week. We continue our dive to the bottom of the worst films of all time. But now that I'm looking back at this episode, oh, man, the highs and the lows. Darius Emmanuel Grouch the third, aka the Rumble. Sun City? Oh man. Yes. That was great. Yui Bowl. Um Adam West at an orgy. Loki. I gotta say, this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. This has been a damn good episode. Okay. I I felt the same way, but I didn't want to step on your toes because you're the person who makes that distinction and not me. And so I didn't want to intrude. I didn't want to impose. I didn't want to some other I words. But yes, I agree with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve. And on behalf of Natasha and Bella and Eleanor and Maxwell and everybody else, 
I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. You douche waffles and poopy And you floor popcorn. And you Ooh. Nice one. All you kids did really good. Do 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 bit higher right now. Do 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 skitty papa do wow cut and print and put cut and